What is up, you guys? Welcome to Mindset Sessions by Off The Wall Therapy. I am Brock Iceman, and I am stoked to give you guys a look into the sport and performance psychology world. I am here to help you create tools and optimize your potential. Let's get it. I want to begin this session with a question. What is the most powerful motivator of all? What is the most powerful motivator of all? In my opinion, I think that the greatest motivator is fear. And I'm just going to leave you with that. We'll get into it later. The only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. That's a quote by FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the 32nd president of the United States of America. For those of you who don't know who said that, I believe that when he said this quote, his motive was to hint at the root cause of fear. He speaks of fear from a neutral thought perspective. And I'm thinking that he's trying to say that fear itself is not negative. Instead, the thought attached to the fear is the actual issue. We should be diving into the root cause of fear and recognize why we are creating a thought that is most likely irrational and not factual by any means at all. We are ultimately, when we, when we relate to fear, when we think of fear, we should be diving into the root cause of that fear and recognize why we are creating a thought that is most likely irrational and not factual by any means at all. We got that? Okay, so by definition, fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Okay, so that's fear defined, right? A question that I want to ask is like, what is the opposite of fear? What do you guys think that the opposite of fear is? A lot of people will go to, oh, well, the opposite of fear is courage, right? I'm here to say that I don't think that that's true. Courage is not the opposite of fear because courage is not innately absent of fear itself. Okay, so people who have courage, they aren't actually absent of fear itself. So that's kind of, it's kind of hard to to be courageous have you like think of a courageous person someone who has courage do you think that they don't actually have fear that's just not true they have fear but it's just they will be able to push past that fear they'll be able to understand the fear and that's kind of what we're going to be going into is how how does someone who is courageous like how how do they operate how do they how do they function when fear is involved Another thing that people will say 
or that people could say is the opposite of fear is like calm or happy or joy. But none of those, none of those just exactly like courage or being courageous, calm, happy, or joy cannot be the opposite of fear because once again, all of these come in the absence of fear to begin with. So there's no fear when you're calm. There's no fear when you're happy. There's no fear when, when you're joyful. When fear is around, you can't be any of those three. All right. So the opposite to fear, in my opinion, if I was going to give you an opposite to fear, I would say that it is knowledge. Knowledge to learn, knowledge to observe, to research, and to find out factual things without jumping to, con to conclusions based on how you feel, right? So how we feel kind of, kind of gets thrown in there, and that is without knowledge. So our feelings, they don't let us think about what the actual fear is. Our feelings get involved and then we create some something that isn't actually real. We imagine it. Does that make sense? So the opposite of fear to me is knowledge. You need to learn to operate. You need to learn to train your brain that the solution to your fear is knowledge. So to operate, and train your brain that the solution to whatever you fear is knowledge. Okay. Another thing I want to talk about when pertaining to fear, I could talk about a thousand things. There's a fear of failure. There's a fear of literally, you name it, there's a bunch of different fears. You could have phobias. There's, there's a ton of things. I'm going to hit on fight or flight because fight or flight when it comes to performance is actually, it happens a lot, right? So you have a fight or flight response and sometimes you don't know what's happening. Usually it, your brain actually figures it out before you actually have a fight or flight response. And that's exactly what it is, right? So how does fight or flight relate to fear? So back in the day when we would have a fight or flight response, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of ingrained in us when we were like the hunter gatherer, um, it was, it was based on survival, right? So in our world, we, we aren't necessarily basing our fight or flight on survival anymore. So the response to that fear often associates to like anxiety or negative stress. Um, we see this response nowadays, like when you have a, like an impromptu public speech or when you're afraid of heights, like say you're jumping off of a cliff into water um, or you're just afraid of tall buildings or a fear of like a big game, like you're going to a big game, we will have these fight or flight responses in all of these situations. Um, the list could go on and on. There's a lot that I could mention, but to give you an example, that was kind of, it's kind of like impromptu public speech, afraid of heights, fear of a big game. Those are kind of, kind of things I want you to, to think of. So what actually happens in your brain when you have these fight or flight responses pertaining to fear. So actually what's going on in your brain is the outward stimulus to fear reacts in your amygdala 
And your amygdala is that little, it's like a little almond shaped part of your brain that is in control of like experiencing emotions. So think of your amygdala and emotions. The amygdala then alerts the hypothalamus and the hypothalamus is basically like your the center part of your brain that it, it coordinates pretty much all of your autonomic responses. So like your autonomic nervous system and manages your hormones. So like your hormones like like adrenaline, norepinephrine, epinephrine, um, dopamine, pretty much all of those hormones that are being released throughout your brain. And it goes from your amygdala, alerts the hypothalamus, and then creates adrenaline, right? Adrenaline, if you don't know adrenaline, adrenaline is also referred to as epinephrine or norepinephrine. Um, it's, it's the action hormone. Think of adrenaline as the action hormone or the stress hormone. And the reason why we're going over fear is because last episode, episode two, we went over, in our session, we went over um, stress and adrenaline, stress hormone. If you guys want to go back to stress, relate everything that I say in that. Think of adrenaline. Oh, okay, adrenaline, norepinephrine, epinephrine. Adrenaline causes your heart to race and pump more blood to your muscles. So think of adrenaline. Gives you more blood to your brain, to your muscles. You breathe faster. Your lungs burst open, and it allows more oxygen to travel into your bloodstream, ultimately creating the fight or flight response. Okay, so if you guys want more on how the brain actually works when it comes to fight or flight, you can message me. Um, But kind of going more into that, so why... Or how, how do you guys think that you um, can practice like some control over your fight or flight? Do you think that you have control over that? I would say absolutely. And I'll give you two things. The first one is exercise. So trying to practice like gaining control over your fight or flight, you can exercise. This one, I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but working out will release these hormones at a healthy amount, right? So the key part to this is because you are intentionally doing it. You're intentionally putting stress on your body and you are releasing these hormones naturally at a healthy amount, which is ultimately going to benefit you when you have that fight or flight response. You're going to be able to handle that situation better. So exercise, any type of exercise, any any type of strain that you can put on your body. Think of that that you can do. Try and do it every day, right? So exercise. The second is something that I do every single day as well as working out, and this is ice baths. Or if you don't have the ability to get to ice, um, you can do a cold shower. Cold shower is not studied as much, but the ice baths, there has been some really good research out on ice baths. And the the main thing that I love about ice baths is you basically learn how to be comfortable with that feeling of immense pain or the feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, right? You get that fight or flight the moment you touch the water. And I'm talking like when I get in the water, I usually set my, my ice bath from anywhere from 34 to 37 degrees. Um, the studies that were actually done were way warmer water. 
Um, but what they found in those studies was a huge increase of adrenaline, norepinephrine, dopamine, um, and obviously all of those hormones, they relate to fight or flight and fear specifically, right? Cold water is actually something that I've, I've absolutely hated my entire life. So now that I do this every single day, it's not like I, I don't enjoy it every morning. I actually dread doing it, but the, the response that I get and the feeling that I get for hours afterward, it's, it's pretty incredible. And if you haven't tried it, I would definitely say go out and do an ice bath or at least do a cold shower, at least practice doing cold showers. Okay. So again, the two, the two things that I have that you can attempt to do when trying to get more control over that fear or that fight or flight response is exercise and cold. So ice bath or a cold shower. And if you don't have those, you can literally, I mean, even going outside into cold weather, it's not as good, but going out in cold weather and, and getting exposed to that, that's something that you can release small amounts of those chemicals as well. So, all right. If you're sitting there and wondering why, why some people enjoy fear, like horror films or roller coasters or like a haunted house, um, the main reason why and this is something that, again, it has to do with the, the hormones that you're releasing inside of your brain. So what do you think that that hormone is? It all has to do with dopamine. So the dopamine response in your brain, when you, when you do something, the reason why people are addicted to scary things or things that they fear is because there's a dopamine response. We get a high from fear, right? Back when I was in college, um, and this is while I was playing baseball as well. I had a teammate um, that we would we'd go down to this beach, and our our college was pretty close to Newport Beach in California. And uh, there's this wave called the Wedge. We would go and we would surf the Wedge. And basically, what the Wedge is is it's like it's a if you look up videos, um, it basically the wave wedges up. The actual name of the wave it's called the wedge it wedges up and it breaks in really shallow water and sometimes it breaks on the sand right so it's pretty dangerous and we did it because it was like survival like you well, you want to make that drop and once you make that drop and most people like i said they don't surf this wave it's mainly a body surfing wave or a body boarding wave boogie board um so surfing just kind of it elevates that that whole survival, and um, that dopamine response is is really why we would do it. And still to this day, I absolutely love love surfing shore break. So we would surf the wedge, and we would get that that full on dopamine response from that. But anyway, so and still to this day, I love doing that. All right, so how how do I get rid of my fears or how, how do I get over my fears? I have a lot of people ask me that question and pertaining to sports, they'll be like, okay, I have this fear. How do I, how do I get over this fear? Fear of failure, right? Um, that's the most common one when it comes to sports, but, but there's a lot of fears that people have outside of sport that, that totally can apply the exact same way. So what I want to give you guys during this session is two methods that I have used 
and that I currently use when people have fears, right? So exposure therapy. And I guess it's not two methods. I guess it's just one method that I use and there's two different approaches to it. I, I typically like to, for most people, I like to offer the hardest one first because you might as well experience and try the hardest one first. That's that's how I always, I mean, with my mindset, that's always where I try and go. Try the hardest one first. If that doesn't work, then we can go from there, right? So the hardest one, and this is the one that usually is the quickest, right? So exposure therapy. And the exposure therapy, it's called flooding. And basically what flooding is, is you have the fear, whatever your greatest fear is, and you go and do it, right? So you, you have the fear and you do it anyway. Expose yourself to the fear. That's, that's the most simplest form that I can say. So if you're afraid of something, you simply go out and do it. And I know that that sounds dumb, but having that fear and going out and doing it typically gets rid of that fear. And doing it over and over and over, the fear, the fear subsides. Fear is still there, but it's not as fearful because you know that you survived it. You know that you made it through it. So very first one, flooding, have the fear, do it anyway. The second approach, and this is what most people use or utilize when they had or use exposure therapy. And this is systemic desensitization. And that basically means create a system where you work your way up from the least fearful scenario to the absolute most fearful scenario, right? So what you guys can do is you can literally write on a piece of paper from one to 10, 10 being like the most fearful thing that you are afraid of, and then one being like the least fearful thing that you're afraid of. And basically start out at one, and then expose yourself to two, and then expose yourself to three, and then expose yourself to number four, and then work your way up to 10, to that biggest fear. And the most important thing about this is to go at your own pace. There's not a specific time period that you have to complete this. It's all at your own pace. That's completely opposite of the flooding approach. Flooding is obviously you have the fear. You just do it. You start at 10 and you just do 10 and you see how you do. The systemic way going 1 to 10, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because people can get hurt going straight to 10 or they can harm themselves and that would not be good. So trying to figure out which approach that you have, maybe starting at five, it it's all up to you. Go at your own pace, but figure out if you want to start that systemic approach to exposure therapy, start at one, go to two, go to three, and eventually end up at 10, right? Those are the two things that I want to give you when it comes to fear. I could sit here and talk about fear. I actually talked about it for a whole month about a year and a half ago. And we could talk forever about this. But I want to give you guys exposure therapy and flooding. Have the fear. Do it anyway. Or systematically using exposure therapy. Okay. So that one to ten. All right. That's it. I'm going to leave you with this quote by Zig Ziglar. Fear. 
false evidence appearing real. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Don't let your imaginations hold you back. Don't let your negative imaginations hold you back. That's truly what that means because those are negative imaginations, false evidence appearing real. The game is not 90% mental and 10% physical. It's 100% mental and 100% physical. If you guys want to reach me, you can reach me on Instagram at Mindset Sessions Podcast, or you can reach me also on Instagram at Off the Wall Therapy. Or if you want to shoot me an email, my email is Brock at Off the Wall Any of those, I will message you guys back and we can continue the conversation. Thanks for listening.